Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. I'm a little bit surprised by the story today because I thought it was already a thing. Clearly it wasn't. And we heard today in the news that a new collaboration between the Motor Insurance Bureau of Ireland and the Gardaí will allow the force to target more uninsured drivers. Gardaí will now receive an updated record of insurance details for every private vehicle every single night. <coughs> Pardon me. The Bureau says there are almost 188,000 uninsured drivers in Ireland on the roads, which represents one in every 12 vehicles. So when you look around you tonight... One in every 12 vehicles you see most likely has no insurance whatsoever. That's a lot, isn't it? A lot of you are driving with no insurance. And I know there's a million reasons for that, by the way. Earlier this year, we heard this, uh, just how this impacts other people, because the rest of us all have to pay for it, of course. We all pay a percentage and a levy to cover uninsured drivers. It was reported in April that motors have paid 175 each to cover incidents caused by uninsured drivers in the last five years. So I've paid 175 quid on my insurance over the last five years to cover people who don't insure their cars. It's a bit unfair, isn't it? And there have been over 10,000 claims linked to uninsured drivers since 2018, according to new figures released by the Motor Insurers Bureau of Ireland. They're the ones who end up paying out, by the way, when somebody has an accident with somebody who's not insured. So those who don't pay the uh, pay increase the cost for the rest of us, essentially. And now it seems the Gardaí and the Motor Insurance Bureau are clamping down and it's about time. But what I want to know is, can you blame somebody for driving uninsured? Now, we talk a lot about the cost of living crisis, don't we? We have a lot of empathy for people who are up to their necks in bills and car insurance. Well, it's one of those bills that might be tempting to skip because your car still runs. You can still go to work in it. You can still use it, even if you don't pay. Um, it isn't like gas or electricity that'll cut off. In other words, you know, you don't pay your electricity bill, the lights go off, you don't pay your gas bill, it gets cold. So long as you aren't caught, you can drive away. And there is an argument. I'm not going to say it's a fair argument. And We had an email before from a man with three kids, a wife. He had no public transport to his job. He earned a small wage and he couldn't afford to insure his car. That was one of the bills that he had to cut back on to pay to feed his kids and everything else. And he said, I have to get to work. I have no other way of getting to work apart from using the car and I can't afford to insure it. I can't afford the seven or 800 quid or whatever it was to insure per year. So that was a bill that had to be cut out. And do you have any empathy for people in that situation? I mean, what would you do, for instance, if you were a single mother who had to put food on the table, had to get to work, and you couldn't, you know, pay the insurance that month? Would you skip it? Or is that the height of selfishness? Would you judge somebody for driving with no insurance? If it was your brother or sister, for example, would you report them yourself for driving with no insurance? Because let's be clear about it. It is irresponsible. There's no two ways about it. Let me know what you think. The number is 087 188 The question we're asking is, would you judge somebody for driving with no insurance? Or do you have some level of empathy? Now, some people just do it because they think they can get away with it. And they have the money, they just don't pay it. Um, but others do it out of necessity. I would say 50-50, probably. Let me go to Jackie. Jackie, hi, how are you? How's it going, Niall? How are you this evening? I'm good, Jackie. Um, I, I don't know whether this, I think this is more of a rural problem than a city problem because you're more likely to get caught in a city with no insurance. Well, no, I wouldn't be too sure about that because, I mean, we have a lot of checkpoints in, in various parts of rural Ireland and particularly 
coming on and off motorways and coming into the major cities around Ireland. Mm. Um, I suppose you're, you're starting to posing the question there this evening and you're just after reiterating it there again. Uh, and, and the first thing that, that you have to always remember is, is basically it is illegal to drive uh, on the Irish roads without insurance. But you're after putting, you're after putting a very um, heartfelt um, scenario across. But on the other hand of it, we've also got to remember the people that may have lost a loved one uh, due to cars that haven't been insured. Yep. And I was actually, I was actually very, very surprised by by the figures that that is there um, in relation to insured insured drivers. In yeah, the one in twelve is but, a lot, isn't it? Yeah, one in twelve is a lot. We're the second highest in Europe. Second yeah. highest in Europe. Yeah. The, the 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 one thing though, Niall, and and I just had a little bit of time to do a little bit of uh, looking up. And while all of this work has been arranged and done with all, with the Angardi and the insurance and the M I what is it M I B I. Yeah. Um, and you said it there that the Garda will receive insurance records every night uh, with insurance details for every private vehicle in the country, and they will get names, addresses, insurance policy holder, policy number. You know, validates vehicle reds, name drivers, yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. Now, um, I've just one very simple question, and you know, it's 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 a query. Where does GDPR come in to that for the car owner? I, that is an interesting question. Now, mind you, in Britain, for example, every Garda car, police car, has an APR unit, right, which is basically a camera on the front of the car connected to a mm-hmm. system in the car. And they drive behind you for two seconds and they know whether your car is taxed and insured, right? Yeah, that part is okay, Niall. That's fine. And, and, but I, mean, I, I thought the guards already had this APR app because I was stopped one night yeah. and two guards, one got out to the window and asked me for my license and the other fellow went behind and he took a picture of the reg. And I said to the guard, why is he taking a picture of your reg? Oh, no, he's just checking for your insurance. And I went, oh, okay. So I, he said they have a mobile app. So I thought they already had this system. Yeah. Yeah, the system the system is one thing, but and I mean we we've often seen as as we call them down the country, the hairdryers sticking out of the, the side of the car. But 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 that's part of it, it's fine. But if there is a database there and let's just say I have my car, I certainly uh, while I give my information in confidentiality to my insurance company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I certainly didn't give it to anybody else to go and, and pass it around various organizations and and stuff like that just to make sure that i as a citizen of this country am insured i i am a little bit i'm a little bit concerned about that but are are you not are you not required by law anyway to have your insurance in the window displayed to everybody including members of the general public now i know your name is not on it you are but you don't you are but you don't have your name you don't have your address you don't have your date of birth or anything like that that, so, so well, no, I don't. Well, now, let's be, no, hang on. Let's hold, pull back a little bit here. I don't know what information the guards are going to get from the Motor Insurance Bureau, whether it may be just the reg of the car, the insurance, when, when it starts, when it ends, if it's third party, whatever, you know, or fully comprehensive, and who's insured in the vehicle. I, I, I don't know what information they actually get. There may be a limit to the information they get. There want to be, there have to be. And I suppose in relation to... The question: Would I would I judge somebody uh, if it was an unusual circumstances like a mother not having food on the table? Um, I, I think what we also need to look at is that we need better rates of insurance that are affordable, because insurance seems to be going higher and higher and higher every year. And yes, okay, because of 
the amount of people that are there. I would have empathy too in the sense of if somebody isn't, uh, is not able to put food on their table, what comes first realistically? It's a very, very hard oh, well, well, the, well like, no, the food comes first, obviously. But here, yeah, and, and by the way, living in rural Ireland as well, of course, you have to take into consideration that there isn't an awful lot of public transport. And people do have to get to and from work. I understand that. And sometimes people can't afford it. But the argument for most people is if you can't afford a car or the insurance in a car, you don't have it. And that's it. Well, Niall, it's, it's amazing how we're having this discussion. And the same minister is responsible for all of this. The same minister is responsible for the Road Traffic Act 2023 and the enactment of that going back there in July. The same minister is responsible for uh, the whole um, road transport and public transport system in this country. And I, I think, and I've said it in any interview I've done as part of Irish Rural Association's work, that, um, you know, the cart is continually being put in front of the horse. And, and you know, people are, are trying to do their very, very best to meet all of these targets and to put that food on the table. Mm. And, and, you know, with all of these things that are there, be it rural or urban, we see it every day we get up. We're, we're listening to people that are under so much stress. And you mentioned family members there. You know, you also have to take into consideration, Niall, the, the mental well-being for all of those people. And every day I hear a different story. And every day the story is sadder and sadder and sadder. Yeah. But nobody cares about whether it's insurance or they can't pay it or they can't get to work or it's their lucky bill or they can't put food on No, and I, I know, and this is a difficult conversation. Yeah. If I had this conversation, yeah. you know, back in 2006, you know, we'd be having a different conversation. We'd be saying, sure, who can't afford the insurance on the car and you shouldn't have one? But I understand yeah. there's a cost of living crisis at the moment and people have yeah. to get priorities. But sometimes car is a priority, but they just can't afford it. And as I mentioned exactly. earlier on, it's the one thing that keeps going even if you don't pay for it. So in other words, you can still drive the car even though you're not insuring it. You can, but, but there is also the situation as well where, where we see that, that the ordinary person would say that may be on a, a simple wage that is trying to feed the family, that may find themselves in a, may find themselves in a situation that, that they have to go to court, they may not be able to defend their case. But yet we actually have seen high-profile cases in the last 12 months in this country, haven't their, their cases quashed? But they're, so, but they're, but they're quite, I, I'm going to say in this country, on people who don't have insurance, they're quite lenient. Yeah. I mean, yeah. On, on average, nobody goes to jail unless you're involved in an accident, of course, where there's a fatality mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Nobody will go to jail. At most, you're probably going to get, you know, a 500 euro fine. You wouldn't even probably get that, three or 400 euro fine. And, you know, a few pen- five penalty points in your license. So would you do me a favor? Stay there, Jackie, for just for a second. Greg, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you doing? Uh, Greg, you've been listening to Jackie, and uh, she understands why people might not have it. Not that she agrees with not having insurance, Eric, but she understands in a modern, well, this modern world of cost of living crisis, why people might not have it. Can I, can I just clear up? That thing about you said about the guards, what information you have. When they read your number plate, all it says is the car's insured or not. Then when they stop you, then they ask your name. It doesn't give up your address and all that on there. It's only to tell you if the car's insured or not. It only bleeps up no insurance or no tax, like in the UK. Doesn't it give you all that? They can't get all their details, the drive and everything. That's why they have to stop you. Mm. I, I don't know. So you're saying about GP. Uh, no, I'm, not, I'm telling you that from a guy. I do know that. Oh, okay. okay. I'm not going to go into how I know, but I know. Okay, what, what are those the, units called the, in the UK? The APR. I know some of the cars here have them. APR units, isn't it? Yes, uh, automatic number plate recognition. AN, they, ANPR, that's it. ANPR. ANPR. So everywhere. The, the car doesn't have to be spotted, go the opposite direction, and it just flashes up, and it just bleeps, says, 
no license or no insurance or off the road because they don't actually display tax discs for anything. So now, so what you do is you, you just tax your car online. You don't have the discs. They save a million pound a year on that. So there's no tax. It just says no tax. Then they stop you, find out who you are, and ask the information because obviously they don't have, they can't get Yeah, can I just, I, as a point of interest before we go any further to the conversation, can I just say, can we stop putting tax discs and insurance discs in our window? It's not necessary anymore. It's completely unnecessary. We're the only country that still does it, by the way. Sorry, I just wanted to draw well, that in there. <laughs> yeah, well, in England, you don't, obviously, here you do, but, but during that, that's how the guards used to check. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's right. But now, this new number plate is quite a good idea. And I understand people saying, that, that lady saying, that, oh, they've got bread on the table. Say they're driving their car, and they knock someone over and kill them or seriously injure them. That person there might not better work or lose them all. How they're going to, they, the insurance would pay for that. Because if you're not insured, that person there is their life just because, oh, well, I, I have to put bread on the table, right? If you haven't got insurance, you shouldn't drive. I know people say, no, there's reasons we can't afford it. You can't afford it. I mean, I, I could turn around and say, well, I want to be a surgeon, but I don't want to bother going and getting me fixed from the doctor. So I've done it for a couple of years. I can just go and cut you open and, mm. just because I think I can do it. Yeah, I and know. It's the same. And the thing is, I mean, I just heard on the radio today a man dying on the road, two kids hit on the road on scooters. And sometimes it's not the driver's fault, I'm not saying that. But obviously, insurance will pay for, for any damages or compensation. Damages. Yeah. If someone's, yeah. If someone's in a wheelchair and they can't work, and they can't pay for their what, what, and it's not their fault, and the person who's driving, well, I didn't have insurance, we were going to fault. Who, who pays that? Who's going to look after that person? The tax people? Or they're going to be. Well, well, it is, well, it is paid now. Okay, so the situation is, if you if you an uninsured driver crashes into you and it's their fault, you then have to claim off what they call the Motor Insurance Bureau of Ireland, and we all pay a levy into that. Yeah, but it takes a long time to get that money, by the way. What actually happens is, a woman hit me and she had no she had no insurance. She went to the police station because I rang the insurance company. Said, "Oh, I want to make a claim." Because oh, no insurance. It's out of date. She went to the police station. So I reported. Her. And she showed the document, and the guard says, no, you've, you've chased you up, you haven't got it. And my insurance company said, we will only pay for the damage if she's prosecuted. So when they prosecuted that, they paid the damage. But I still had to pay the excess on my car. Yeah. I'd have to take her to court to get the excess back. Now, lucky my excess is only low. But if I had a 500 euro excess, I would have had to pay that. Not my fault. I was stationary. She hit my car. Yeah. And she went to the station with a doctor. Oh, look, I've got it. But it well, was okay, well, then why do you say, Greg, and I'm only, I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with this, but I'm just giving you the scenario. You know, somebody living in rural Ireland who has a job that's 15 or 20 miles away, it's not a great job. They get, you know, a standard, maybe minimum, close to minimum wage. They have three kids. They have a wife, you know, and I'm painting a very stereotypical picture here. But they barely have enough money to pay the bills. That with the, with the cost of living nowadays, we all know how difficult it is for everybody. And insurance is just not in the budget. They just don't have the money. They don't have it. If they if they have to pay ninety quid a month for insurance, and that's roughly what it is for most people, ninety quid a month for insurance, that's less food on the table. Get a bicycle. Cycle. Get a bicycle. It's <laughs> not. It's not. It's not always an answer. You can't have insurance. So hang on. It's right for some people to have insurance and not for other people, just because they. I mean, insurance is expensive, as we know that. And this, in actually, insurance claims have gone down in the last. But insurance has still gone up. That's. The government levies and the companies being greedy. The insurance co- insurance should go down because yeah. obviously there's been less claims. There's less claims now over the last few years. There's been definitely less claims, 
they're making more money. Insure- well, okay, expensive. let's clarify something here. Insurance is not really any more expensive than it was. You know, when I started driving first, my first car was a Fiat 127. <coughs> Pardon me. And I was 21. I had been on my father's insurance for two years before that. And this is going back 40 years ago. And my first insurance was £1,800. And the average insurance around that time was about three or £400 a year. You know, mine was 1800 because I was only young for it, right? Nowadays, the average insurance is somewhere between 400 and 600 depending on what you're driving. So it really hasn't gone up very much in 20 yeah, years. No, it, it's, well, I'm telling you, it's gone up with more than that. And I mean, on. What's your, how much is your insurance? How much is your insurance? Uh, 650, I think. Yeah, I renewed mine there, but six weeks, six weeks ago there, and it was 540. But, but, saying that when, now, I started driving, when I was 17, I got my first car. It was a Opel Chevette. My insurance was 300 pounds. So that'd be about 35 years ago. Yeah, that's so what I'm, I'm saying. So it really hasn't gone up very much. So, right. it is, okay, it is. The point I'm making is it's still it's reasonably affordable for what you're getting for it. But in saying that, some people just don't have it. Well, if you drive that insurance, you're taking a risk. Mm-hmm. And if you have an accident, you're driving that insurance and you hit someone or something. That, I mean, what, what happens? That's, that's the thing you've got to look at. Yeah. And Jackie, you that's know, well. Just, just sorry, just to go back to Jackie, that that is important, Jackie. Uh, you know that if you if you're on a country road or whatever it is, and you hit somebody on a bicycle in your car, if you've insurance, everything's hunky dory. It's sorted out. If you don't, they have to go through the Motor Insurance Bureau, and that could take years to get their compensation or whatever it is. So it's a difficult task if you're not insured. Oh, it's 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 a conundrum. It's a conundrum, Niall, because you know, it's like I law. said already. It's, it is the law, and it is the law of the land. So what law, and how, who decides what laws you should listen to? Sorry? Who decides what law you should follow and what law you shouldn't? Well, I mean, that's up, to each, that's, up to, each, that's up to each individual. I mean, if there's a law in the country, it's up to each individual to follow it. The laws are put there. The laws are put there at this point in time in this conversation by Angarda Shiakana and the insurance company, from what I'm reading in today's reports. And and what Niall and his researcher said to me is they put that conundrum of this family. And it it is realistically whether, as I've said, it's in it, it is law. Let's be very very clear about that. And yes, we do have situations that even people listening to this show and this program tonight could have lost a loved one with a car or a vehicle that had an uninsured driver. And, it, you know, you, you have to balance the budget. And to be quite honest, I, I, I could appreciate what you're saying, but saying get on a bike is not going to solve that problem either. Insurance in this country, and I mean, it's like, as I, as I have previously said, whether it's electricity you're talking about or any other service in this country, people in those areas are making millions and millions of money in collecting premiums from people. We are in, we are, as they have said in, a, in another report today, we are actually in a recession. And it is high time that the likes of these companies brought down their, their, insurance, uh, their insurance fees and their insurance rates. Mm. And at the end of the day, there, there is no, there is no uh, reward for the people who do pay their insurance and who do everything by the book. They're, if somebody, for argument's sake, and it happened to me to a certain degree in, in, in my business insurance, but if there, there's no reward for people who do everything correct, and their premium could go up, whether it's this 30 or 35 euro, because Joe or Mary Bloves down the road or somebody in another part of Ireland, rural or urban, is not paying their insurance. So we're, 
actually dealing with a very tricky situation, but at the end of the day, it is the law. It is the law. It's the law. I mean, I know, I know, Greg, you keep saying it's the law. You know, getting a television license is the law, but a massive amount of people this year have decided not to purchase one. Uh, out of protest, probably more so than anything else, which understandable after everything that's happened to some degree, although can I remind people that you're supposed to get it? So, you know... Hang, so, on, hang, on, hang on, saying this, can I just say, me not buying a t- if I didn't buy my TV licence, it doesn't mean I hit someone and kill them and have no insurance to pay for them or to cover their... And then you're saying the insurance companies pay and, and stuff, but that's no good to the person there. Who well, no, but there is, there is technically yeah. a victim to you not paying your television licence or to you suffer. And, you know, and staff members could be reduced. And so there's those victims to everything. Yeah. So, so what we're saying is, though, so who decides who should, who, who's too poor to have insurance and who's too rich to have insurance? If you're rich enough, you should have it. If you're poor, you can't have it. That's not the way things go. Otherwise, you could say that for everything. You could say, oh, well, I don't want to do with that law because I can't afford it or I don't want to do it because it's against me or, or you know, there's, the laws are there for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I know you're saying that someone's all oh, food on the table. They're, they're, get help. You know, what do people do before they all have cars? Yeah, no, I, I well, they, they cycled, but <laughs> saying that it was a very, we, we lived in a very different world. You can't, you can't say before we had cars. We lived in a very different well, world. No, we go back to the 1950s. Yeah, we lived in a different world. Yeah. But what we're saying, though, is there's more cars on the road, there's more people, there's more everything, scooters, you should have insurance. And, I know they're saying, and I agree, insurance companies, insurance should be half what it should be. Mm. They're making a huge amount of money. Yeah, like the energy companies. Like the energy companies are making billions. Can I I ask you a question? You just just mentioned them there for for a moment. Uh, You mentioned scooters. What's your opinion on e-scooters, and should they be insured? They should be banned, if you ask me. Yes, they should. They should be banned. They should should have lights, and they should be insured, and they should have had to do a small test and have a plate or something on it because they they... Every day they, they go across the road the wrong way down the road, yeah. the red lights, the worst with cyclists. And they should be dealt with. You know, I mean, I've seen some people actually drive and have lights on them now and have the helmet on going down the dual carriageway. They're in the in the cycle lane and they're going to work and I understand that. But there are lots of them just flying. I've just seen mm. two tonight she's in the complete black, black clothes on, and they're on the wrong side of the road. I had to stop the car. And then yesterday I was driving to my son's school and there's a guy on a bicycle on the wrong side of the road, looking at his phone. So I stopped the car. He nearly hit me. He looked up and he turned away. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not moving. I'm on the right side of the road. I'm stationary. And he nearly hit me with his with his bike because he was looking at his phone mm. as he was starting on with no hands. Yeah, uh, that, well, that, that is a huge problem. Both of you stayed there, Jackie and Greg. Let me go to Carol. Carol, hi. How are you? Hi, Niall. How are you doing? Good, Carol. Um, good, good, thanks. Uh, the original question was, like, would I judge someone... Yeah. who was uninsured. So, like, probably if they bashed into me or damaged me or hurt my family, I probably would judge. But I kind of take myself out of that scenario and look at it from, you know, the privileged position that I'm in, in the sense that I drive a nice car, I earn a good salary that I can afford it. Um, so could I kind of point the finger or judge someone who's uninsured without knowing why that is? Probably not. So I kind of, I looked, I was interested in statistically who are the you know, who are the uninsured people? In Ireland, at least, it's males between 18 and 30, mm-hmm. is what it said on the internet. Yeah. So I thought, that's interesting. Why is that? Um, I was kind of, when we moved back, we were out of Ireland for 20 years. When we moved back, my husband is German. He's had a clean driver's license for 28 years. We found it like near impossible to get insurance for him. 
So I kind of had a taste of what it's like for people when having difficulty getting insurance. Now, we did get insurance in the end, but it really was very difficult. Just the fact that he was non-Irish, you know. Yeah. So I kind of had, I, I experienced what it could be like for someone. Well, I, I imagine the reason the majority of people who are uninsured would be 18 to 30 would be because of the cost. Yeah, they're 18 hmm. to 30 male. Yeah. And then the other point, I think one of your listeners mentioned there about like transport in Ireland. I've lived in many different countries, including in the Nordics in, in Finland. And it really is like in Ireland, you literally, I have would find it impossible to be without a car. Whereas the other countries I've lived in, Czech Republic, Germany, Finland, the transport there is fantastic. I actually really didn't need a car when I lived there. Yeah. So I think that makes a huge difference to people as well. So could I judge someone? Probably not. If you get hit by someone and they're uninsured, eventually it goes through the Motor, motor Insurance Bureau. I know your listener there uh, described an awful experience with that, but it eventually goes back to the people who can afford, afford insurance. So I think statistically, the fact that it's most typically uninsured is 18 to 30 male, I think that's interesting. Yeah, and I think, we again, I say the reason that is is because primarily they would be the ones that would be loaded and it would have the higher end policy. I think when you get to kind of my age, 60 years of age, you know, and your insurance is 500 and well, mine is 545 or something, whatever it was there six weeks ago. Um, it's affordable, you know what I mean? But if it was 1800, you know, I'd have to think twice. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, and I, even for, even, yeah. yeah, even for my husband, you know, German, 28 years clean license, it's over a thousand for us. That's, that's, so too, that's too high. Yeah, that's way too high. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the, the yeah. other thing as well is if you... If you stop driving for a period more than a period of two years, or if you're out of the country for more than a period of two years, you lose your no claims bonus. That's ridiculous. Or if you come from yeah. America or another country with a full no claims bonus, it's not valid here. That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? They're, all those things are ridiculous, but that's just insurance companies making money. You know what I mean? And they know yeah, how to Yeah, and I think I was, one thing I was talking about there with your, your researcher as well was, you know, the, the flooding in Middleton. I know it's a bit off topic, but. I did look at those people who, you know, were damaged so severely and, you know, the fact that a lot of them can't get full coverage because yeah. they're in flood risk areas. It did make me think about insurance. Now I'm all insured for everything, house, car, everything. But it did make me think about the insurance in industry all up. And, mm. you know, it's a bit of a scam for people who, you know, the ones who need it, the absolute, absolutely need it the most can't get it. I think that, that Can I ask a question of everybody here, maybe? And this is an observation I found during the floods, right? Uh, in Both in Salt Hill and, and in Middleton and Cork uh, in recent times. You see a big flood on the road, right? And you see a couple of cars trying to get through it and they don't make it. So they stop halfway and they start floating or something like that, right? And then you see somebody else, they go, I'm going to give it a try. I'll get across that. Why do people do that? When you see another car stuck in a flood... Why do people think that they're better and they're going to make it through? I just don't understand why people do that. You know, you're driving a 20 grand vehicle and you think you're going to make it through this water that's four foot deep. It's a cars are not amphibious vehicles. But yet people try it. I just find that bizarre. They should never be allowed to be insured again if they do, do something stupid as that. Anyway, but Carol, I, I understand what Greg is saying. The law is the law. You know, if he wants to cut somebody open, he has to learn to be a doctor. He can't just decide, I think I know how to do it. In other words... The law is the law. It's there for a reason. And that's why we have insurance, to cover people for compensation in case we hit them. So you're breaking the law. Yeah, I understand that. But the law is an equal. And I mean, the conversation reminded me that I need to pay my TV license. But um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about the analogy with the surgeon and all that. It's like it's not equal. You know, it's not equal for everyone. There's people who are in privileged positions. They earn a good salary. They drive a nice car. They're able, they don't give a second thought to it. 
and there's people who are not in that position. So it's not equal. So I know the law is the law, but the law isn't equal either. Society isn't equal. So I don't think we can stand in judgment until we have more equality for people. Is, is that a fair point, Greg? Yeah, I understand it's a fair point. But what we're saying there is, who decides? I can't afford the insurance. I'll have to get something else. I, th- I, I think mean, it should be done. Sorry if I can interject. I think it should be done on salary. Like they do that in the Nordics when you when you you know have a speeding license, for example. If you are in a six-figure salary, you have to pay more for, for a someone fine. who earns thirty k. Yeah, for a fine, for a speeding fine, they do it based. It's a gra- kind of graded system based on your salary. I think insurance should be something like that. I don't know how we would do it, but it should be something that if you don't earn as much, your insurance isn't as much. If you earn more, your insurance is more. I, I know we, yeah, we, I, we, we had that conversation before when it was the head of Intel was stopped for speeding and he was given a €125,000 fine. Um, and it was to do because of his salary or his weekly or monthly that, salary. Yeah, that was that in Sweden, I think. It wasn't in Sweden or something. Yeah. yeah. But, 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 but I often wondered, is that fair as well? And I know you're saying, Carol, it is. But there's a reason that there's a blindfold on that woman that stands up in the forecourts with the with the scales yeah, in her hand. Everyone's the same. Everybody's the same. same. Yeah, just as she. Like we want to believe that it is, but we're not the same. Like, we're not all in. Well, hang on, we're hang some on, of us are privileged then. and some of us aren't. Hang on, hang on. So the people who may have the money to pay for insurance might have a nice car, might have a big mortgage, have a good salary, but their outgoings are higher. They pay more in tax. What if they can't afford to pay their insurance? So they're driving a big car and they have a big house. It's not always just people that are not earning great money. I mean, insurance is high for what reason would... Mm. They have a car and they've lost their job. I mean, the middle people seem to get squeezed. Yeah. By the way, Jackie, would you agree with that idea of paying less if you earn less? Uh, well, Carol, Carol actually brought up two very interesting points there in relation to uh, her comparison to the Nordic region. And, and, and again, that is something that uh, hasn't uh, ever been tried in Ireland. And I mean, that's a whole uh, new discussion. And, and again, she bounced off from, from what I said about public transport in this country. And, and we see that all over the place, that if, if you honestly had a good transport service throughout the country, then I think you would find a situation that, that people would probably uh, go from A to B with a car, park it up, hop on a bus, hop on a Lewis, hop on whatever that, that's mm. convenient. Um, but the transport system is so bad that even in a city, if you live, say, in Malahide and you want to go to Blanchardstown, you'd get hmm. to, you have to go into town, you have to get another bus back out again. You're looking at you know a two and a half hour journey where if you have a car, you'll do it in 20 minutes. So, yeah, so yeah, for a lot of people, that's a massive inconvenience. It is a massive inconvenience on one hand, but you have you have a minister preaching that you know, and particularly in rural Ireland, that he wants all the cars off the road, and he's given us one car per village. Actually, he wants so, all the cattle out of the field as well, for God's sake. Hell, yeah. How the hell are we supposed to like do that? By the way, this is the same minister who hasn't got stepped off a plane since the start of last summer. He had, yeah, I mean, the amount of countries he's visited. Yeah, yeah we'll let, we, we're not going to go near that minister now because we'll we'll definitely be on longer than your show tonight. Wow. But, um, you know, the, Carol does make a very interesting point in relation to um, the, the salary scale. Mm. Um, maybe it is something that, that could or should be looked at by the industry. And as I have already said, insurance companies are making way too much money. They are not, the, the profits that these people have, not alone in insurance, but in in various other suppliers that we're all using and all catering for every day we get up, they have massive profits. 
they shouldn't have massive profits. They should be able to spin, blend that in into their, the citizens of whichever country they're in. If it can happen in Sweden and it can happen in the Nordic areas, what the hell can't it happen in Ireland? Well, say you know, that, yeah, well, hang on, both of you. Let me just go to Jason. Say there, Carol and Jackie. Jason, hi, how are you? Good evening, Niall. Good evening, Jason. How are you? So, Jason, 1 in 12 drivers are not insured. Guardy are going to have new equipment, well, a new oh, app on their man. phone. Um, but they'll be able to tell you're insured. What? Come here, come here. I'm going to give you a laugh now. What did you say? 1 in 12? 1 in 12. All right. I am sitting here now. Do, 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 do. The quick calculation, 85 trucks. 85 trucks around me. So many is that that's not insured? No, they're all insured, I'm sure. No, 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 no. I don't, okay. I'm just, I just want to use a comparison. No, I'm, I'm not. Actually, no, no, they're not. Okay, and I can guarantee you, I know three straight away that ain't insured in this country. All right? Well, that's shocking. But, no, it's not. No, it's not. And it's well known by the RSA, but they won't do nothing about it. All right? Well, if we're talking about the 85 that are there. Go, we won't, no, we won't go down. We won't go down that road. I'll, I'll, I, I've always told you, I'm not too far from you, yeah? Yeah. You've always said, what's your biggest dream to drive, what? A bus. No. You, you, you a lying truck. Shot. Yeah, you told me a long time. You oh, a bus or a truck. Boy. A bus or a truck. I want uh, to change the I gears. Yeah. Come here. Oh, they're not, there's no gears in trucks and buses anymore. No. Ah, stop. I was no, excited by the thought of it. <laughs> oh, no, I can get you one. I can get you one with 24, 16, whatever you want, pal. I told you, I'm only, I'm less than, what, 100, 100 metres, 200 metres from you, aren't I? Yeah, so yeah, just around are the you, corner. Are you, are you, are you you're... Yeah. yeah, so you know where I am, don't you? Yeah, I know exactly where you are in the port there, yeah. In, in the garage, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if one in 12 of us wasn't insured leaving here in the morning. That's How seven. That's seven, yeah, seven is. Right, so there's seven articulated vehicles, yeah? Would you sit behind, would you sit in front of one of them? No, but here, I assume... You wouldn't. But, no, but I assume the majority of commercial vehicles are insured. I, I imagine the these are, mo- most of these are private vehicles. Six, You'd, you'd assume mm, the majority of cars are insured, wouldn't you? It's like everything else, Niall. If there's a if there's a corner to be cut, it'll be cut. Obviously, you see what's happening in the transport industry with fuel wages and all that. I mean, if they can cut back of insurance, obviously they're going to do their best. Mm. Hopefully, in this country, we, we've repped up companies. But if you have a company with a hundred vehicles, what's to stop them clowning six or seven licenses? No, no. I just hope that God nothing happens. Nothing. So, Niall, why don't we? I think I spoke to you about this a, a while ago. Um. Why don't we load up on the petrol and diesel? You do away with insurance, you do away with tax. You put the money on the petrol and diesel. That way, you put that into your vehicle, you're paying, aren't you? I, I've, been, I've been saying this for years. Tax and insurance should be on petrol. Been saying on it for years. petrol and diesel, exactly. Yeah. Because at least if I'm putting it in there, a levy goes to the insurance company, a levy goes to the tax, a levy goes to the petrol company. Everybody's getting something out of it. This, this business of, right, let, let me fill up, right, I put... 420 litres of diesel in tonight at 181. Jesus. What's that? Go on. And that, that's just one tank. Okay, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving the country south. Multiply by 420. 760 euro. Okay, Jesus. how much are the government getting out of that? Now, come here, that's just one tank. Now, and it's Thursday. That's just to get me home. Walk tomorrow and get me home tomorrow night. I filled up on Monday morning with my boat tanks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? Yeah. And that's either side. One tank is four, one tank is five. Multiple right? I carry 900 litres of diesel when I'm leaving on a Monday. I put four in, that'll get me through tomorrow and get me home. 
I won't leave diesel in my truck over the weekend because you know what happened. Yeah, the government are getting roughly 280 quid out of that 720. Actually, no, a bit more, 360, sorry, 360. Right, roughly, so roughly. that's twice a week. That's twice a week. Yeah. They're getting that out of me, yeah? Yeah. But why not put a levy on that? Okay, I, and I don't... And I sorry, don't. By the way, I don't disagree with you, but mind you, at the moment, that's difficult to say with the cost of diesel and petrol. But the other question, sorry, Jason, just in the question we posed at the start, right? Do you have empathy for somebody who's in a situation where they don't earn an awful lot of money, have to feed their family... And they'll risk driving with no insurance because they need their car. That's what I was going to come to the other thing. It's to do with the speeding fine. If you find somebody 150 euro for breaking the speed limit, yeah, and he's on 500 quid a week, that's going to kill him. He's not going to speed again because he can't afford that. If you find somebody 150 quid a week on 200,000 pound a week, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I, I, so, no, I, str- yeah, that's, so, so, no, 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 Carol was talking about that a few minutes ago, and I struggle with that. I'm going to be honest with you, right? Because, as much as I understand what Carol is saying, that the fine doesn't affect, like if it's, as you rightly said, if it's an 85 euro fine for speeding, yeah. let's say, it doesn't affect somebody who's earning 100 grand a year, but it might affect somebody who's earning or is on yeah. the dole, like, for example. Okay, right? no, no, but but, okay, but, but no, then the law has to be equal for everybody in a sense that that means you're treating people differently based on what they earn. But of course you are, because a fine to a fella who earns 400, 500 quid a week, 150 euro, for a speeding ticket, it's going to have a detrimental effect on that man, on, a, on how he can feed his both, family. But they both but, broke but the law. No, that will make him, no, but that will make him slow down quicker than a man who gets a 150 quid fine who's on a thousand pound a week. And it's like insurance. Everybody needs to get to work, okay? Now, you could be on a low-paid job. So, and, and you, plus, you could be living in an area that is blacklisted by insurance companies. So you're going to pay extra and extra and extra for your insurance. Number one, because you have an old car. Number two, because old cars are more likely to be robbed. Number three, if you're living, if you're not earning enough, you're going to be living in a, a, a high-risk area, yeah? Yeah. So, there. And now, man number two drives a £120,000 Mercedes, lives out in an affidavit area in Dublin or in Wicklow or somewhere in the surrounding areas. He's going to pay cheaper insurance, which will have no effect on him because he just pay it. So did, did you ever drive a no did, did you ever drive a car with no insurance? Who me? Yeah. Uh, back, 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 back when I was a young fleet, no, I but I'm going back to the eighties. Carol, did you ever drive a car with no insurance? When the one well, ha- hang on, one time, Jason, hang on. Carol, did you ever drive a car with no, no insurance? No. No, no. Jackie. I don't drive now. Oh dear. <laughs> 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 Look at you. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna fess up here, okay? You did. Seven no seven years ago, I drove for three months with no insurance, uh, and I'm going to tell you why. Was it out of necessity? No, not at all. So I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So I'm in the garden one day and I'm cleaning the car, and my son says to me, "Did you not get your new insurance disc?" So I was with one two three at the time, um, and I also had my house insurance at one two three as well at the same time, yeah. right? And I went. Where we go with this? Um, no, they, they must have sent it out to me. So I rang them up and I said, uh, where's my me insurance disc? I never got my new insurance disc. The other one's up three months. And they went, oh, hold on, let me just check. Give me your policy number there. Check. Uh, oh, no, that insurance expired three months ago. I went, sorry. But it's a rolling thing. I said, it was always, oh, yeah, no, we stopped it rolling last year or whatever it was, right? Not all. So they no, normally no, just no. renewed it automatically. But and the, sorry, reason, no, and the reason I didn't notice it in my bank was because my house insurance was one, two, three at the time as well. So I saw that coming out and I just assumed that was it. Now, don't get me wrong, I insured it immediately when I realised it and sorted it out. Niall, can I, can I cut in there, please? Yeah. It happened to me and I fell out with them. They were double charging me on the same car. 
No right. word of a lie, right? And one, I always had me insurance in, and I was getting these non-payment, 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 and then, you know, the 10 euro yeah. buying, because I was leaving it in. That's not second, right? That's not right. This went down for just under a year before I copped it. Just, I managed to cop it, and they told me the same thing. But when that happened, the rolling contract, they'd emailed me as well, and I'd ring them back and got a better deal off them. So on the rolling contract, they were charged me one price, right? But when I rang up to get my insurance for my contract, you know, I got it cheaper, so I just went with that. I, I, by the way, that's a little bit of advice I give to everybody. Never, ever get your or renew your insurance online. Now, I know that's contrary to what every insurance company will tell you. They'll send you an email saying, 10% discount if you now do it online. Here you go. Don't. Ring them up and tell them you've got a cheaper quote somewhere else and they'll give you a cheaper quote. Niall, Niall, make sure you cancel it. Niall, make sure you cancel the insurance with them. What happened with me was when I got the new policy online myself cheaper, I never cancelled the the, 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 the rollover one. They were double charging me for the same car for the second (laughs) year, mate. And my account went into the years where my credit rating got slaughtered because I was getting non-payment. I was getting non-payment for nine months. Right, okay. Well, that, that was just, sorry, that was just, I just wanted to explain my story that as soon as I realised, obviously, I insured the car. But what went through my head then was, God, if I had had an accident, I would have been rightly screwed. You know what I mean? Or if I had been caught, how embarrassing would that have been that I'm telling the guard I am insured and I actually wasn't for three months? That was terrible. I, I mean, it was awful. I mean, I don't condone that at all. But And by the way, it was my own stupidity. I should have checked. But I just assumed, like every other year, it would just renew itself, like it does with the one I have at the moment. Just renews every year. They send me an email, and I just renew it every year. It's not a big deal. Dave, hi. Fucking feel like <laughs> you had a big dinner, did you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I, I look like I'm twins right now. Like, <laughs> uh, how how are you getting on cooking for yourself, Dave? All right, yeah. I have actually turned into a serious chef. I will have you know. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Your wife would be proud yeah. of you. Yeah, no, no, she would. I'm, I'm after taking to it like a fish to water now, to be quite honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm a great cook. Right, good, good. Okay, what, 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 did you make, what did you make for dinner tonight, Dave? Uh, my signature dish is, oh, it's the gay bolognese tonight, because I just couldn't have been arsed. That's a lazy, that's a lazy dish, yeah, go on, yeah. Well, not really, no, 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 no. You start off when you're sautéing your onions and your garlic in the pan, and then you're seasoning your meats and stuff, you know okay. what I mean? Now you're using... T- and you're using turkey mince, not none of that dirty beef shit, you know. So I can't yeah. eat a bit of beef. My signature dish, by the way, is stuffed steak and roast potatoes. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, but, you, but you have to get a bit. The only problem is nowadays with so many where well, there isn't that many butchers anymore. That it's all pre-packed meats now. It's hard to get a nice big piece of steak that you can stuff. Anyway, moving away from the stuffed steak and the uh, <laughs> the bolognese because I'm starting to feel hungry. Um. Dallas, do you have any understanding or empathy for somebody who'll drive a car, or the one in 12 people who drive cars with no insurance, because maybe they can't afford it? That's a crazy high statistic, isn't it? It is. It's a lot. It, it, to be fair. But, yeah, but, like, look, if, if you're a young person and, you know, your feet are held to fair, you're trying to get to work and blah, 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 and you're paying, like, two and a half grand a year insurance, fair enough. But, like, if your insurance is 700 euros a year, it's about 70 quid a month. Do you know? Or mm. you pay, like, Sure, if you're paying direct debit. I mean, that's not exactly like... Uh, but here's a, the problem. If you're if you're 55, let's say, right, and you're working, you've got four or five kids or whatever it is, right, and let's say you have a little bit of a tip and you tip, tip the back to somebody and they put a claim in, your insurance has now gone from 700 up to two grand. No, right, that's fair enough. But uh, but here's the thing, though, as well. Like, if you, I mean, 
say if you're a single income household, like you can claim to work on family statement and do two, three kids, two kids, three kids, four kids, the ceiling keeps raising up. You know, yeah, no, I know that. There, you know, there, and there are like a lot of um, supports out there for people on low incomes nowadays. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be a complete dickhead here. There are people who no, are no, no, and I understand that. But I the only thing I will say is I have always disagreed with the point of insurance going up when you have an accident. Yes, if you continue to have accidents or a certain amount within a certain period of time, it well, should go no, up. If somebody hits you and your insurance goes up, that's insane. That's no, no, but but no, even industry. if you hit somebody, say you tip the back of somebody or whatever, and they put a claim in for whiplash. Your insurance goes up exponentially, but it shouldn't. That's the purpose of yeah. you having insurance in the first place. No, that's fair enough. I, I, Unless I, you're taking I, the I, piss I, I, and I crashing every twenty, yeah. you know, every twenty weeks or something. You know yeah, what I mean? But, like I can't, I can't disagree with you there. But at the same time, like I mean, I was barely making over four hundred euros during the last during the recession, and my rent every week was one hundred and thirty quid, and it was the only income coming into the house. But we always made sure the insurance was paid. You know, like your insurance is up there with the likes of your ESB bill or your food or. Um, you, you and that's well and good if you have the money to pay all of those things. But if you don't, something has to give. So your electricity and your no. gas comes before your car insurance, I assume. Yeah, I know. But like, and look, I, I don't doubt that there are people out there who are, are that destitute. But I don't think there are enough people in the country who are that destitute for it to be a one in 12 kind of statistic. I mean, anyone I've ever met who has driven around with no insurance was still able to go to the pub on the weekend for a few pints. You know what I mean? They were still able to buy their fags. They were still able to pay for their Netflix. They were still able to pay for, you know, their, their creature comforts. So, like, I think the idea, like, we are obviously going through a cost of living crisis and everybody's been to the collar. But this idea that there are people out there who are so, like, you know, so badly off that they can't afford to pay, even pay their insurance for two or three months and then, you know, kind of, like, give up driving for a little while. I mean, you, you'd want to be on, like, minimum wage, and you know, have like bills coming out of ours to, to not be able to afford 60 or 70 quid. I mean, there's like things in place where you can go to the Department of Social Protection and say, I can't afford such and such bill every month, and they'll give you a few pounds towards it. You can go to relieving officers uh, from the social welfare, you can try to go to the likes of the St. Vincent de Paul. There are so many different avenues out there for people who are struggling that you can turn to. You know what I mean? Or, I mean, or, or unless you're just a really prideful person and you don't like taking handouts. And then if that's a crack, then you're just a dickhead. You know, like, look, if you are going to chance driving on insurance, you're going to drive it on insurance. That's fair enough. I ne- wouldn't necessarily judge you. I've always made sure my insurance is paid. What I don't like is, and I've met people who've done this, they've had insurance and they've either got caught or they've tipped it to someone and they're like, oh, God, why is this happening to me? I can't believe this is happening. Oh, this is somebody else's fault. This, You know what I mean? Like, mm. if you're... You're going to make the decision and, you know, you're going to get into an accident or you're going to put yourself in a position where you make you may get caught and you may get in trouble. Well, you better put your big boy pants on and deal with the repercussions of your actions. You know, and I've seen it and I know people who've done it. They've gotten into a car with no insurance. Uh, one guy one time had a few pints in him, wrecked the car and went into a farmer's field, uh, got in awful trouble with the guards. He was banned off the road for a couple of years. But it was everybody else's fucking fault except for his. Do you know what I mean? And yep. the reason it wasn't his fault was, oh, I wasn't able to pay my insurance this month, but he was able to go out to the pub, go and drink in that month. And, and probably mean? drink the amount of money he could have paid for his insurance that month. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there are, I do not for one second doubt that there are people who are struggling that much and they are in that tight of a position. 
but I don't believe that there are that many people there to justify one in twelve. No, it's no, it's not justifying the one in twelve or the one hundred and sixty-six thousand no, people. No, it's just but, people chancing. It just well, uh, people, but uh, there is a percentage I, of them that can't afford. There it. is no, yeah. there is, and do you know what? And if you if you have a tip or something like that, and you're get hauled in front of a judge, a, a lot of the time there's leniency shown if you're not acting the dickhead. You know what I mean? But yeah. a lot of what I say is people who live down the country have an old piece of shit car and they're like, you know what, sure, I'm just going to drive it like I stole it until I get caught. And well, well, Carol was right. She pointed out, by the way, the majority of uninsured drivers are men between the age of 18 and 30. And, and the reason for that is because the premiums would be higher, probably. Um, so it's, yeah. they have a lot more to, to pay, you know what I mean? And a lot more to get away yeah, with. Yeah, and, and, and men between the ages of 18 and 30 are more likely to chance it than a woman between the age of 18 and 30 because, uh, you know, women tend to have a little more grey matter between the years when it <laughs> yeah. comes to, yeah. to things like that. Men are risk takers. Yes, they're risk takers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Women have a little more in the way of impulse control than we do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when I said men, it, this is how difficult it is working with some sort of lefty producer, right? When I said men are risk takers, she looked at me and rolled her eyes. You know what I mean? I mean, how, are you spending, how am I meant to work with this? You know what I mean? With you, miserable crotchy or shite bag. That's true, this is true. Mr. I judge people for their neck curtains. Like, what an idea of high ground now. What, what, Jane, do you don't believe that men are bigger risk takers? Do you? Turn on the Ooh, microphone, will you, and say something? Hold on, hold on. We very rarely let her speak. We ever let her speak every now and again. <laughs> She's going, Jane is about to speak. All right, go on, Jane. <clears throat> Hello. Yeah. So what are you saying men, men are I risk said, takers? Yeah, when I said men are bigger risk takers, yeah. you rolled your eyes. Why? I mean, like, it's just an annoying way of saying they're careless. It's a fancy way of saying men are more careless. They are. Yeah, great. Congratulations. But, but, but they are. I mean, look, look at TikTok videos of people doing stupid things and falling and crashing. and It's always men. But when With you say tic- risk takers, you make it sound like it's brave and courageous and cool. No, I don't. So say no. say what it no, really it is. is. It's, it's stupid. Fun. fun. <laughs> fun. No, it's some crack. It, it, <laughs> no, it is. And uh, look, I I give you a perfect story. During do you remember during COVID when you could only you could get a pint in the bar but you couldn't drink it in the bar and you had to drink it outside. Yeah. Myself and a few of the boys went down to the Hinch for the day. Yeah. Um, we were mugging pints again uh, up down along the boardwalk. Went up to the cliffs of Moher. Sure, you know it was all free to go in. There was nobody there. One of the boys goes, lads, I know this really cool spot. Let's go have a look at it. We passed the sign that says, do not pass under threat of prosecution. And five minutes later, there was a couple of lads who were leaning their heads over the cliff and taking selfies. <laughs> now, if there was, now, if there were any of the girls there, right, like any of our partners there, we would not have done that. We would not have been allowed to do that. But we did, And I even said to one of the boys, I met him the following week, I goes, man, do you realize what we did last weekend? He goes, lads. Stop. He goes, I thought about him work on Monday morning and my legs started to jelly. I know. You know I couldn't do that. I, I, I'm a huge fear of heights, but I couldn't do that. But stay there. Let me go to Kathleen. Hang on, Dave. Kathleen, oh, hi. Hello, no. Hello, hello. no. I'm good, Kathleen. How are you? Yes, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm just, um, I don't have a car. I, I remember when uh, when I was younger, I, was, I would have loved to get a car now. But really what put me off was the insurance. Mm-hmm. The price of the insurance, oh, my God. Yeah, it is expensive, yeah. And, uh, and it's obviously it's very, very expensive. I think if you're going to get a car now, you want to make sure that you have the money for the insurance, surely. Well, you would imagine so. But for some yeah. people, a car is not a luxury. For some people, a car is a necessity. 
You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I understand that. So mm, if they haven't got the money okay. and they need it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand that now. But if they haven't got insurance and they do hit somebody, yep. then, then what happens to the person that, you know... Well, the person that they hit goes to a lot of trouble to get to claim it off the state or to, to the Motor Insurance Bureau, um, but takes a long time. So, it, you know, it can be more difficult, yes. And you may not get the same yeah. amount of compensation that you would get from an insur- a proper insurance company. But, yes, it can, be, it can be awkward if you crash into somebody with no insurance. Yeah, mm. but I mean, yeah, but I mean, the, the guards are probably, they are, they do watch motorists an awful lot, don't they, now, because of the accident. Yeah, that have happened. You know, there's been some really bad mm-hmm. fatalities, haven't there? You know, that kind of a way now. Oh, you could only imagine if somebody was killed. Imagine, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, surely, you know, then if they're struggling to pay that insurance now, would the would the insurance companies say, well, we're you know, you do it per year, don't you, per, per annum? So would they give them a bit more time to, um, you know? Pay it. Work out a plan. Oh yeah, no. Well, plan. all insurance companies will will let you pay per month. Yeah. Now that's by yeah. the way, there is a thing nowadays where most insurance companies use loan companies um, for you to pay monthly, and sometimes you can be refused if you've bad credit rating that you won't get it monthly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So. And the only other way that you could probably deal with it now would be the credit union if you borrowed the money from the credit union. Yeah, well, of course, then, yeah. you know, you could stretch it out a bit more, you know. Yeah, well, it, it works out probably about, you know, for, uh, between 70 and 100 a month, I imagine, Dave, is probably the average. Is it between 70 and 100 a month? Mine's about 70 a month, yeah. So, yeah, mine, mine's about 700, so, it's, yeah, yeah, it's average. Yeah, mine is 65 a month, I think, which is not too bad. Um, stay there for a second. I want to go to Peter Dooley as well. Peter, hi, how are you? Hi, Noel. How are you? Good. Nice to talk to you, Peter Julian, the man from the Renters' Union. <laughs> you too. Uh, good, to, good to talk to you again. Yeah, Peter, were you shocked by the figure of one in 12 people are not insured in their cars? Uh, well, a bit of me was and a bit of me wasn't. Like, I think it was, uh, you could, obviously, your, 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 all your call, previous callers have spoken about the cost of living crisis and how many people are suffering. Did you hear me? Of, uh, yeah. Struggling str- 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 <laughs> to get by. Oh, sorry, she's um, laughing. I don't know what she's laughing at. Well, you can laugh. You know, no, what? She wasn't laughing at you, Peter. It's okay. First, before she can laugh, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like, no, they, they, but you know, in, in the context of what's going on, in terms of more and more people are struggling to get by, it's not really a surprise. Like, and then we have all the issues around uh, lack of public transport and all the other issues as well. Huge issues there. Like, but the the, the underlying issue, I think, regarding car insurance, I think anyway, is definitely is the huge profiteering that's going on from these private insurance companies. Oh, massive, uh, this, this, massive this, this, profiteering, yes. It's it's huge, like, and I know like, premiums have dropped a small bit and may, maybe over the last couple of years and stuff. Like, last year, I think the profits were up to about 170, 180 million euro mm-hmm. instead of car insurance. Uh, over the last five, six years, it's about eight, 900 million euro. It's just huge uh, profiteering going on. Um, and, like, you know, you look at look other places. I know the Nordic model was mentioned by a few callers and stuff. There's a province in Canada called Manitoba that had a state insurance uh, company set up probably over 40, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just affordable for people to insure their cards. And there was none of this excessive extortion and profiteering going on. And it's all like um, done at a reasonable, fair, like, you know, level for people that, that's affordable. Oh, what about, what about uh, maybe I had asked both of you this, the, the suggestion that Jason made earlier on, and, and I had said it in the past too many years ago, although at the moment it's probably not a good suggestion because of the cost of diesel and petrol, but putting the, the price of insurance on petrol and diesel. 
Yeah, well, like uh, you know yourself, Noel. If you start that the, uh, with the Green Party, uh, oh, yeah. carbon taxes and all the rest of it, they'll be just looking for an excuse to dump it up to four euro a litre or something yeah. and make it completely unaffordable. Like you know what I mean? They're, <laughs> they're driving people the way it's going at the moment. They're attacking ordinary working class people with everything. Essentially, with all the with fuel costs, extra levies on top of people, carbon taxes. And you heard the uh, you heard the latest one. You heard the latest one, didn't you? Yesterday about the ship. Uh, so oh, listen, the ship should sail for Eamon Ryan and Eamon Ryan on it. I think, you know, the guy, the guy has had more They're air building, oh, than, uh, Dave, did you not hear this he's one? He's had more air miles than people that had hot dinners oh, well. on that guy. Okay, so the Green Party have suggested to store gas, they're going to buy a storage <laughs> ship and park it off the Bay of Dublin somewhere, maybe, I don't know, or maybe down in Shannon. It has to be deep water anyway, right? So now it's going to cost millions for this ship to store gas in it. And what they're going to do is he says... The way we'll pay for it over the next 15 years is there'll be a small charge on everybody's energy bills. <laughs> it's ludicrous. There's a small charge on your electricity bill I to go to the ship and <laughs> take, the, take the gas off the ship. <laughs> to, pay for, it to pay for the ship, yeah. Yeah, because, because keeping huge amounts of like highly flammable material contained in the yeah. one spot is a great fucking idea. Like, <laughs> see, and, and, when, and when the ship eventually explodes, because this is Ireland, and, Thanks you know, so we, we, yeah, yeah, we, you know, we run on Simpsons physics at times here. <laughs> Jesus Christ, who, who votes for that gobshite? Sorry, but... Okay, I read, I read it out to you here. Ireland is going. Ireland is going to. I can't even read it with a straight face. Ireland is going to acquire a gas storage ship to meet future future contingencies, according to the Energy Minister Raymond Ryan. And there will be a small charge to your bill to pay for it. The standing charge will be based on metered consumption, meaning data centres and other industries will pay a little bit more than domestic consumers. Although the recoupment to the investment, including an, an offshore wind exploitation, will be charged to all customers and could extend to electricity bills. Listen, Eamon Ryan should just stay wherever he is at the moment and just, you know, uh, can, maybe can a deportation put, order for Eamon Ryan would be good, wouldn't it? Mm. Can we put Eamon on the ship? <laughs> like, I'll, happily, I'll happily pay the charge if, if Eamon is the captain of the ship. Do you know? And that was the same <laughs> day yesterday, by the way, that the news yesterday, he made that announcement yesterday, the same day, that in the news they were saying that, you know, one in, I think it was four people are in arrears in their gas and electricity bills, and one in two businesses were already behind in their gas bills this year. So he made that announcement on the same day that, oh, well, we're going to charge well, you more. It's beyond lunacy. It's actually dangerous what they're doing. Like it's, it's really dangerous because so many people are struggling and suffering to pay their bills. Like many people have switched their bills over the last year, uh, just panic and try to get a cheaper, uh, cheaper rate, which isn't happening. Mm. Uh, and then we have everything that's going on in terms of the cost of living crisis. The, even the sanctions on Russia. Look at the pipeline that was coming across from uh, from Russia to Germany that was uh, mysteriously exploded. They yeah. were still trying to get to the bottom of who was behind that. Yeah, uh, there's, there's that theories now that the Americans were behind it, but however, yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> so it was giving, that, that was giving cheaper oil uh, or cheaper energy into Europe, and they were mm. paying three or four times the cost, uh, getting filthy fracked LNG gas, transported on containers across the Atlantic to Ireland and to Europe, a higher cost. It's, it's like, it's, it's so, it's actually, it's so farcical that it's actually dangerous. Mm. What these guys are doing. It's actually, we, had, we had so much of our oil reserves, you know, energy reserves off the coast of Ireland. Like, you know, down off the, what off they, the coast they of say, Yeah, what do they say? 30, 30 billion barrels, they reckon, is under the sea off the coast of Ireland. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Bring back fracking, I say. Sorry, Dave, what did you say? <laughs> no, they said uh, the oil reserves off the West Coast could have bought us out of the last recession 128 times over. Yeah, yeah. Bring, uh, now, mind uh, you, somebody has to find us. Could we not just build a nuclear reactor? No. Can we, can we, can we not just do that? Like, it's yeah, it well, like well, by far this. Well, look, let, let's be clear now. I'm a fossil fuel fan, right? <laughs> let's just be fair, right? Because you're a fossil. <laughs> yeah. And, but I do have to accept that we are running out of fossil fuels. And we, it'll, we've we probably got another 50 years, right? But there's plenty of it there at the moment. You can go out to Iraq with a bucket and spade and find oil, right? So there's plenty of it there at the moment. But we're looking at 50 to 100 years before it starts to run, you know, starts to run a little bit dry. Now, don't get me wrong, in a few hundred years or a few hundred thousand years, it'll all build back up again because we know where it comes from. It comes from carbon in the ground, right? <coughs> but but in the interim, I do believe that nuclear power is the future. It's clean. But it's cheap. Sorry? If you, if, you, if, you, if you consider all the people around the world who die from air pollution, people, uh, the, the environmental damage oil spills have done, gas leaks have done, compared to the few... No, okay, fine. Nuclear power is potential to you know, leave a place uninhabitable for a thousand years. With it's modern extremely rare. Modern, extremely rare. Modern, but, with, but with modern nuclear reactors, they don't. They don't. Use, no. They, called, they, they have nuclear salt reactors where it's just, it, having a meltdown just isn't the thing. It's, it's not even. But look at France. It's France is practically, for what's it, 40% nuclear at this stage now. You know yeah, what I mean? For, since the 1970s and not a single accident. Yeah. Yeah, how many people you know, are being killed I mean, in coal plants? I mean, people get killed in coal plants all the time, you know what I mean? So the point is, nuclear power is good. I understand why people are a little bit scared of it, you know, and I do understand the reasons why they're a little bit scared because they hear the scary stories, but it's generally, it's cheaper, it's safer, and it's cleaner because let's be clear about it, we're not going to power Ireland with turbines, wind turbines, because we can't store the energy. So on a nice I mean, sunny day where there's no wind, we're in trouble. What? Yeah, but if we use all the hot air to name and Ryan blows, we might have a yeah, chance. Yeah. Peter, but, sorry, just very quickly, back to the insurance. Uh, I'm never going to talk about Dave's signature dish. Um, back to the insurance. So do you, do you have any empathy for somebody who maybe, you know, has three kids, trying to feed them, has a kind of menial job, not being paid too much money, needs to get to work, and there's no public transport to get to that particular area, but they have to get to work and they risk driving with no insurance? Do you, do you have understanding? Well, of course, I have empathy with it. Of course, I have empathy. But the the the, ten, the bigger thing is is the is the extortion. I'd, I'd argue about the extortion of profiteering that's going on and lack of lack of fairness in the system towards people. Mm. Like it's it's ordinary ordinary people always pick up the can. And it, there are tragic events. Obviously, like nobody could know the accidents that have happened. It's horrific. Like of uninsured drivers, it's absolutely horrific. And get thoughts of all the victims of all what's gone on. But the bigger deeper underlying issue is everything in Irish society now has gone down the road of privatizing everything. Uh, privatizing your home, privatizing your health service, privatizing your uh, transport, getting to work. Everything is just about making money. Wherever they can make money, they can turn a book, they turn a book wherever they can. And it's already, it's always the ordinary people to pay. And it's it's really showing up the governments, essentially, the politicians for what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just serve the, the, the big business interests in society. That's all they serve. They don't, like, Eamon Ryan will swan off into the sunset in a few, maybe if he doesn't get elected the next time, on his big pension. He's done his done his work. He's moved move on to a bigger position. Who who cares about the fallout he's left behind? And they always say this is for the greater good. This is for everybody. Uh, no, no, no. It's for, we all know it's for them. They're career politicians. Yeah. But yeah, but the, but the, the you, know, you, you well you need public servants. You need people who are actually interested in, in serving uh, the interests of ordinary uh, the ordinary people rather than people who have any other vested or different agenda. Peter, are you going to run for election this time around again? 
Yeah, well, if you well definitely if you vote for me, you know, more more than thirdly, and if you keep uh, <laughs> giving me a platform, I'd be glad to. But it needs to be common sense in Irish politics. Like, yeah. need people stand up for with common sense and actually practical solutions put into service to needs of people first. Like, and unfortunately, David vote for people you. in Ireland. David vote that, Well, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> if you make a good spaghetti no, bolognese, he'll vote for you. Oh, well, I don't know about that now, you know. How's your stew? <laughs> <laughs> Peter, do you cook for yourself? Good old cuddle, good old cuddle anyway, oh, you know. Jesus, that, that's, I'm even sick thinking about it. My mum was great, my mum was great at making the stew as well back in the day as well, so, you know. Nah, do, do, do you remember your mum would make the cuddle and the rashers and the sausages and all would be thrown in? The sausages looked like little penises and, and they were horrendous looking. They were I'm a proud dub, I'm a proud dub and it's a good Dublin dish, isn't it? Like, you know, so you have yeah. to be... Uh, what did you say, Dave, a pot of raw Mickey? <laughs> Does. It looks like a pot filled with raw mickeys. Why do you think the rest of the country doesn't look, doesn't look, uh, doesn't like dubs when the height of their culinary expertise is fucking coddled? Uh, listen, we, 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 I'm sorry. We, 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 we could do a one on one as well, no, you know, Dave. No, but do you know what I mean? Spice <laughs> bag. One of Dublin's biggest, Dublin's biggest experts, yeah. Conor McGregor, junkies and coddles. I'm sorry, <laughs> Les. You, you, you don't need, we don't need to eat coddle anymore, Les. The famine is over. <laughs> You oh, can't oh, be the, you know Dave, you can't be in a spice bag. A good spice bag. <laughs> you know what? The Amer- the Americans created modern Chinese food. Sandwich, you know what? Right. Right. A hang sandwich would be all right. Uh, so, uh, and what did the Irish do? We we perfected it, you know? Here's the, here's the thing. I only said this to somebody a while ago. If you, if you went to China and asked for chicken curry, they wouldn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> do, you, do you think Chinese people eat that fucking shit? Imagine, imagine going to China and you're all you're delighted with yourself. You get to record and you get restaurant and you go, you got a bag of chicken balls and curry sauce and boiled rice. They'd be looking at you going, chicken's what? <laughs> Well, when the, when the yeah. Italians first came here, when the Ita- Italians first came here, they did the ice cream shops initially, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. And even even with the takeaways now, like the takeaways for years and years was takeaways. And I've, I have a, a brother-in-law who was uh, two brother-in-laws who were in the were Italians, like you know, who were in the takeaway business and stuff. And uh, they they that was traditionally the takeaways, and after that as well. And you you go and say, would you eat that when you're Italy? Like, no way, like. <laughs> oh no, the, the the Italians would eat the shite that comes out of Irish Italian takeaways. <laughs> I mean, those greasy looking chips, which are gorgeous, such a diver. I know they are beautiful. Yeah, you wouldn't uh, get them in Italy, but. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, but. It, no. But I mean, it's not like it's sort of traditional when when they came as they came as as uh, as emigrants as well. Like mm. you know what I mean? But they were a great tradition. Like, with the ice cream shops in, in Scotland and in Ireland as well and, and stuff as well. But I mean, that's just the way. Yeah, Ireland is like you know what I mean. At the end of the day, we're not like you know as a, as a, as a kid, Noel. We only had the basic stuff when I was growing up. You know, we never had any fancy stuff like spaghetti bolognese. That they no, were talking about. <laughs> no, none of that stuff. All we had was the cuddle. Never existed. Pizza, yeah. I, pizza, I, I, all that. I, Get I up early in the morning. That was the first up best dressed. Yeah, raw Mickey stew. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'll take my bolognese over your raw Mickey stew any day of the week. Thanks very much. <laughs> Dave and Peter, listen, thank you very much. You've been a laugh, apart from anything else. Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.